everybody. Welcome to Track Meet. I'm David. I'm James. And this week, we are pitting songs against each other that have the best bridge. I think it's kind of interesting. We talked about on the last episode about how 65 was sort of a transitional period in time. I think it's really interesting because I feel like the bridge is like the 1965 of a song. It's like the weird section where you sort of really stop and think about where you're going and then you you move on and you're changed and even if you go back to the chorus something's different <laughs> whoa man whoa <laughs> you got heavy <laughs> uh, hold on i need to empty my bong water here hold on one second. <laughs> i would totally agree with that a bridge is a transitional piece defined yeah. i sort of looked at it you know it's a musical break from a chorus to a verse usually it's usually put right after the second verse of a song everybody kind of right. knows the structure and it's some type of phrase that sounds completely different from the rest of the song, but moves you into that next verse in a very interesting way. I'm going to admit to you, I'm nervous about this one. Uh-huh. Here's how I don't want it to go. All right, David, I picked this song. And you come back to me and you say, James, this this song doesn't have a bridge at all. <laughs> and I'm going to be like, okay, I was worried you'd say that. So I picked this one as my backup. And you're going to come back to me and say, James, this also has no bridge in it. So what are you even doing? <laughs> so I'm, I'm a little nervous, but I'm, I'm, I'm stoked because I think this is such a fun thing to be rating. Let's knock one song completely off our list altogether. So we've got an idea of how a bridge works. Okay. And let's think of... I Want to Hold Your Hand by the Beatles. Yes. So right in the middle of the song, obviously, we're, we're doing the main theme, we've got everything going on, and then... that I knew what the bridge was. <laughs> <laughs> See? You got this. The The biggest thing on the qualifying criteria is this. It cannot be some type of coda section at the end. Right. It needs to be different from the main theme of the song and lead back into the song at some point. It can't be a bridge to nowhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we can't go prog rock with it where it's a bridge into another bridge, which leads into a fifth bridge, and that fifth bridge crosses <laughs> back over to the first bridge, but then you go in a different direction. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, King Crimson. <laughs> it, it's pretty much self-explanatory what our special part of this is going to be, because obviously we're going to look at the song as a whole for our main four categories. The question then is, how good is this bridge? Right. And so that will be our special category on the rating of zero to four. What do we think about this bridge? Now, I'd like to add, I, I think what I'm going to be thinking is how much does this bridge change from the rest of the song? You know how on Weezer's Green Album, all the guitar solos were just the melody of the song? Yeah. From that to any sort of bridge at all. <laughs> so like, I, I want to look at bridges that, that really go places from the song and return back. Like, sort of, you know, how far do they go and then back again? Ooh, I like that. I like that. How 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 pretty is this bridge above and all how solidly constructed it is? Exactly, exactly. All right, well, let's go build those bridges. Let's do it. Let's do it. 
And we are back. We have bridged the gap and found our songs. And so, James, you're going to kick us off today. What song and bridge do you have for us? I had a tough time with this, only because, as I said in the introduction, I, I don't tend to think about the bridges. Um, but I ended up coming up with, with several songs. Basket Case uh, by Green Day was my third and uh, Buddy Holly by Weezer was my second. And then I came up with my number one song. And I was really stoked about it because I love the song so much. <laughs> it's Manic Monday by The Bangles. Just another Manic Monday. Wish it was Sunday. That's my fun day. I don't have to run day. It's just another Manic Monday. Have to catch an early train. Got to be I love this song to a, a degree that I, I like this year has been really the year of really appreciating the bangles and men at work for me have been the big have been the big 80s take homes so this was the first single from their second album which was called different light and was released in 1986 let's see it was written by checking my notes a guy named uh looks like it says prince and there's a rumor about why he gave them this song that I would want to see substantiated before I spread it. Um, I feel like the so, Bengals did nothing to like dissuade anybody from that rumor, though. <laughs> yeah, if I watch, if I, know, I recall but, that behind the music correctly, I had never heard that until I I thought I was misreading something on the Wikipedia, and I read the sentence like four times, and I was like, wait, wait, what? And then I saw a rumor, and I was like, oh, okay. The official reasoning is that he enjoyed their first album, and so he had written this song for the Apollonia Six back in 1984, and I guess they didn't end up using it, and so he gave it to the Bengals in 1986. This song peaked at number two on the Hot 100, behind Prince and the Revolution's Kiss. So, like, it feels like... (laughs) Which feels the most appropriate? I think it's the most appropriate. I saw that this had some mixed reviews on it and i have thoughts about that but i will get to that when i get to the lyrics hey david yes what did you pick i picked and i don't know how many times they're gonna come up i'm gonna try to limit myself (laughs) but i picked maybe my favorite band of all time all right in in a song that isn't off my favorite album but is one of their best this is pearl jam's corduroy This is one of my favorite Pearl Jam songs. I was really happy to see that you picked this. I think this is not often cited as people's, like us, a song that people remember is by Pearl Jam. Well, everybody, everybody, when they think of Pearl Jam, they think of 10. Everyone thinks of 10 because 10, when it came out, dwarfed the success of Nevermind. Sure. Pearl sure. Jam became the biggest band in the world. That story of success plays into how this song got written. Okay, yeah. Pearl Jam becomes like, one of the biggest bands in the world. And 
the band very quickly on their sophomore album really tries to push away from that. They're at arm's length from the success they've got. And by the time we get to Vitology in 1994, not only has quote unquote grunge died because of Kurt Cobain's suicide, right around this time, they're getting pissed off at the music industry. Rolling Stone puts out an article about Pearl Jam, which is basically a hit piece because Eddie refused to participate in the interview. And they just like wrote all of this bullshit about him that wasn't true. And so they really kept huh. retreating into themselves. They refused to do music videos. They got insulated. After this, they sued yeah. Ticketmaster and went on Capitol Hill to testify how they were gouging fans out of tickets. Like, yes. they transformed. And this album is the result of them going, what the fuck, man? We were five guys from Seattle who just wanted to make music. Right. A lot of songs are very annoying in how they do that. But this song is so artful in how it approaches that, that it it is so endearing. It's one of the reasons I love them, because this song yeah. means something very specific to the author, but can mean so many different things to the people who listen to it. Right. Plus, it's got a kick-ass bridge. <laughs> hey, that was a good reason to pick it for this yeah, one. too. All right. So, for music. Oh, boy. David, I, I apologize for this. <laughs> You need to you you need to talk me down. I gave the music a four uh-huh. because I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's catchy. I think it's pretty. I think it's it has parts that you can sing along with. I think it's recognizable. I think it's anthemic. But mostly, it was that I really like it. <laughs> That's fair. So four for four from me. So let me say that the the music is really good, and it's fucking Prince, and Prince is great. And I will say, we, we will get to your bridge in total, but I've got to add the bridge as a component to this, because it is intricate and interesting. I knocked this a half a point off of four, because this song is 1999. This is Prince copying one of his earlier songs. Fair. Fair point. <laughs> Versus of this. Ex- an excellent. Yeah. It's an excellent, excellent it's point. It's something I, I never remember until I listen to the song and I'm like, oh yeah, all of the verses to this song are fucking 1999 all over again. I'm the opposite. When 1999's on, I'm like, hey, this sounds like, oh, this is 1999. Well, and the only reason is, you know, I'm a, I absorb those dates so much that I'm like, well, 1999 came out in 1982. So like, come on, man. That's an excellent point. An excellent point. So I, I get this feeling of like, well, yeah, it's great, but it's just because Prince is taking one of his really great songs and just kind of moving a couple pieces around. Now, I would counter a little bit with Susanna Hoff's voice. That's true. Which I think is is really, really great. Oh, it is. Like um, I said, that's why I only knocked it a half a point. I wasn't going to be like, well, it's totally unoriginal, so it's a two. Like, no, it's very good. And they are a really good band. I want to know more about them all the time. (laughs) But I do have to take this that tiny bit off because of the unoriginality there. All right, what do you you got for Corduroy for music? 
I had to think about this one a little bit because I don't think this is Pearl Jam at their full peak intricacy yet. I don't feel Mm. like you really hear the sort of level of sound that they can get to until you hit about until you hit no code. This is a transitional moment for them. There is something a little raw and hesitant in this song. Like, I know that it's very tight and they know what they're doing, but there is a level at which they are trying to figure it out as they go. However, what is amazing is there's basically four songs in this one song. Like, you've got the intro segment, which is sort of this dark, foreboding intro. Then you get sort of a punk rock metal verse. Then you get this acoustic pop rock chorus out of nowhere. This kind of folky ballady type thing. And then the bridge is like a fucking rock anthem. You've got that going on. You've got Eddie playing guitar for the first time in the band. That's the only reason you get that sound. It's why when I tried to ever play this song on guitar, it frustrated the hell out of me. I can't get it to sound right. Well, duh. There are different guitar sounds layered (laughs) to make that sound work. Because there's this hesitation there, I gave it a three and a half. I wound up taking that, that edge off of it. But it really is outstanding in instrumentation and what they're thinking about. One thing I want to point out is that this is the second episode in a row that you've been drawn to a three guitarist song. I know. So I didn't even think about we're gonna that. Watch, with this that one, watch for that pattern. All right. So you gave it a three and a half. I guess I'm. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> I'm so tempted to give it a three and a half as well, just because I'm like, I like it. It's not the best that Pearl Jam can do. Yeah. That's that's exactly where I came from. But but it's so good though, and like I remember listening to it on our local radio stations DC one hundred and one, and like it's not a live or even flow or whatever where it's like you know big balls guitar stuff like hey Pearl Jam's here hey man want to listen to Pearl Jam <laughs> it's like what is this weirdness what's going on oh right it's this Pearl Jam song right 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 I guess mm, go with your gut go with your gut I'm gonna go with three and a half as well all right. I mean, that's good. Let's go. May I tell you about the lyrics of this Bengals song? <laughs> may, may you? Yes, you may. May I? So the mixed reviews I saw of this song were largely about the lyrics. They were largely about the rhyme, it's just another manic Monday. Uh, that was my, that, that's my fun day, and I don't have to run day. <laughs> they didn't like that, that, that rhyme at all. However. Yeah? <laughs> go on. <laughs> That being the chorus is forgivable to me. I'm like, yeah, that's the, the chorus of the song, whatever. I feel like the lyrics to the song are so slice of life. Somehow, through whatever blending of his lyrics and the Bengals' interpretation of it or whatever, or maybe maybe this was how it was out of the, out of the case and he just did a good job, I feel like he wrote this amazing song about a Jersey girl who works in the city of New York that it almost feels to me like a short story about this woman who's trying to make it in this world. She's trying to stay employed. The pleasures of her life keep distracting her from the grind of her life. And all of the intricacies of, I can blame it on the train, but my boss is already there, which means like her boss also lives in Jersey. And she can't say, oh, the train was late because he made it there on time and he's coming from, he's riding the same train. All of this stuff. The line that 
kills me, the line that I'm like, I can see this girl's life is because it takes me so long just to figure out what I'm going to wear is my favorite line of this song. Just because I feel like it makes me know what this girl is about. Yeah, I gave the lyrics to this a four as well because I really love them and I think they're all valuable, including the I don't have to run day aspect of it. So I gave it a four. Again, please talk me off of this <laughs> of this bangles craze that I'm in. I gave it a three. Okay. Could be worse. I do <laughs> hate that line in the chorus. I just do. Here's my here's my biggest problem with some of the way these lyrics go together is I would totally agree with you that it does tell a story and it is compelling and it is less flashy and saccharine than it could be which makes it very yeah. interesting, but it's Prince. Prince could write so much better lyrics than this. That's what all I kept coming back around to. It's like, Prince can write a better rhyme than, because that's my fun day, my I don't have to run day. And not only that, <laughs> but fair. Sunday, Sunday's the day that she has fun, not Saturday, which is the day literally everybody <laughs> ever does things. I wish it was Saturday. I might convert to Latter-day. <laughs> I would absolutely agree with you that it does tell a really good story. I think it's just that it feels clunky the way he did it. If I may make a case for the chorus, it fits in, in my mind, with the character that's being painted. That it's sort of like a thing you'd sort of hum underneath your breath while you were you know, working or running to work or whatever, sort of like, it's just sort of a dumb rhyme that you'd sort of be like humming to yourself while you were on the train, sort of freaking out about it. If I'm being honest, I don't think I would like this song as much if it was a Prince song. And that's not just, that is not, I know what you're saying. It's not just because the Bengals are cute. <laughs> it's not just. Not just because the Bengals are cute. Right. I think that it being sung by a woman in a band full of women, I feel like there's a narrative that I don't think would have necessarily have been there if Prince had sung this song. It's just, something's off about it for me. And so that's why I went three. All right, let's, let's, talk, let's talk PJ. Here's what's really depressing about Pearl Jam, and especially the early albums, is that Eddie Vedder writes fucking incredible lyrics, and they get lost, and a lot of people for a long time made fun of him for mumbling, when in reality, it wasn't mumbling, it was bad production. That always drives me crazy, like on SNL, when it's like, like Adam Sandler making fun of Eddie Vedder. Because he uses even flow, which is the first time I was like, Oh, this song is telling a story. I can hear this song's story that it's telling. I wow, this is a, this is a deep, like a very like affecting and sad tale. People just like do the Eddie Vedder voice, and it's just like, are you listening? (laughs) 
half the time when I heard the song, I thought he was going in some weird ass directions because I didn't know the real lyrics to the song. This song's so amazing. It's about something incredibly specific. He was going around somewhere. He went into a store and he saw a corduroy jacket that looks exactly like the ones that he wore on stage that he bought for $12. And it was labeled Pearl Jam Eddie Vedder corduroy shirt and was being sold for like $625. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And all of this frustration that he had had with the music industry, with the fame, he just lets it out in this song. You start off with, the waiting drove me mad. You're finally here and I'm a mess. I take your entrance back. Can't let you roam inside my head. I tweeted this out. That's where his line, where it's so perfect, is, I don't want to hear from those who know they can buy but can't put on my clothes. And the whole point of the song is saying, like, I understand that you guys think you understand me because you've seen me on stage, but you don't know anything about me. You trying to dress like me, act like me, doesn't get you any closer to the person I am. Yeah, it's like he's the real Slim Shady. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> this line is is so like deep and profoundly poetic, which is in the bridge. Take my hand, not my picture. Spilled my tincture. When I first realized that he was saying that, like that, that he was using the word tincture, I was like, nice. That's good. I like like it's a it's uh, yeah. a it's a cool near it's a cool near rhyme that really works. What's so fascinating to me about these lyrics is because they're so poetic and because they're so grounded in image and metaphor. You can apply this not just to like some fame issue that he's got, but you know, I always saw this song as about anger in a relationship and I think it applies. I wonder how often this is going to come up on this show. And if we're in agreement or if we're in maybe a tentative agreement, I'm a big how you interpret it if you take a meaning from it is beyond the intent of the poet or the songwriter. What they meant when they were writing it doesn't matter to me so much as what you take from it. You can't attribute it to them. Like You can't be like, Eddie Vedder was talking about anger in a relationship, but I think that you can take valuable lessons from what you learn about anger in a relationship. I don't buy very much the, well, no, this is what he wrote it about, so this is what the song is about. And I would agree with that. Again, one of the reasons that I push this to a four is that it actually fulfills both for me. That it perfectly encapsulates what he wanted to say, and at the same time can mean so much more than that. Right. And that's why, for me, it's it's a no-brainer four. I think I'm going to give the lyrics a three and a half again. In this case, I think it's the same as the, as the music, because I think it's very good. I, I know that Eddie Vedder can do better. <laughs> uh, and I think that he does better on this album. I think this is a very good song, but in my personal opinion... There are, there are better songs, man. All right. Production. So, it was the 80s. It was the 80s. It was 1986, like smack dab in the Oof, middle of the 80s. Boy, was it the 80s. So, this song was produced by David Kahn. I don't think this song is overproduced in a gross 80s way. I would 100% agree with you on that. Like, when I'm listening to SiriusXM 80s on 8, 
there are songs I'm like, yikes, this is sure an 80s song. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes there are other things that redeem it for me, and sometimes there aren't. But in this case, this has a sound that sounds really good. And I think all the instruments are mixed correctly. There's very little gating of the drums, which I think is a big, a big problem on 80s songs. It sounds really pretty. Like how it sounds in the verses and chorus versus how it sounds in the bridge is like it has a very lush production. Lots of stuff going on, but it doesn't feel overwhelming to me. I just think that it sounds really great and it sounds like what they were shooting for. So I gave it uh, to the surprise of absolutely no one, I hope at this point, I gave it a four. All right. You may win this just because of your fours, my friend. I, I want to take a, a moment here that I did think about this and wasn't like, I, I need to win. I, 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 wanna, I just want to make it clear. This is based on actual thoughts and not just me being like, got to win. It's just that this is going to be an embarrassing scoring situation for me personally <laughs> for this song. So let's... No, 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 no. You're you, Honestly, you're good. Look, your points are all valid. And, and I actually totally agree with you. The production is so refreshingly not yeah. 80s yeah. in some ways. Clearly, they're, the instruments are super 80s. Sure. But what's really great is they've tempered that. For me, I gave it a three and a half Initially, I gave it a little bit lower because it felt a little chintzy. It almost feels like it's a little too soft. And I realized once I turned it up a little bit and gave it a little bit of bass in the speaker, it's really good. I think it's well-deserving. I don't think it gets quite a four because it's just been squashed a little bit too much. Right. But a three and a half is definitely it earns. Let's talk about production on Corduroy. So here's where this thing gets interesting for me. One of the reasons I never noticed the lyrics or the instruments on this song is because I listened to the CD version, which it comes from the original pressing in 1994. That version is pretty damn muddy. Like, to be honest, I didn't know half these lyrics because you can't hear them. It's very mid-90s. They remastered this album right when the 20th anniversary happened. They remastered Verses and Vitology. Right. And Brendan O'Brien did the same thing he did with 10. Holy crap, this song sounds 10 times better. You can hear all of the different tones along with the slide that Mike McCready's playing. You can hear all of Eddie's lyrics clearly. Yeah. Once you get that, this song pops so much more. And so that version is a four. This other one is a two. I met in the middle and gave it a three. Okay. Because clearly they knew what they wanted to do and they were limited originally. And now they've come back with a version that's so much clearer. So let's give it a three and say... You wanted to get here. You couldn't quite. (laughs) Yeah. Production is a three for me as well. I think basically the exact same thing. I don't know that I've heard. I would imagine that the remastered version is the one that's on Spotify. So I have theoretically heard it. But do you ever have that thing where your ears are like, yeah, I know how this goes. And most of it is playing in your memory ears and not necessarily in your actual ears. Does that make sense? Like, I I think I was like, yep, Corduroy. Got it. Yep. This is how this song goes. So, David, for re-listenability... <laughs> I wonder, could you re-listen to this song over and over again, I've James? listened to it at least three times today. So, <laughs> it's not even Monday. 
I'm just, I don't, I don't mean to pull the curtain back, but it's not even Monday. And I was like, yep. It's not even, it's not even Sunday or Friday. I mean, day. that's my I don't have to run day. But actually, most days are my I don't have to run day, especially I kind of banged up my knee. So I'm feeling a lot of I don't have to run days. Yeah, no, yeah, this is a four. I This song is increasingly important to me. I really like it. I don't know if that's been clear. <laughs> so yeah, I could listen. I could literally listen to this song on repeat. But yeah, it was a it was a four from me. I gave it a three. Okay, because it does get a little samey for me. Fair. I will agree with you. It's a jam. Yeah, it's one of those songs that I don't ever go seek out. But if it does pop up for some reason, I was like, oh yeah, Manic Monday. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But it's just not, I'm not going to actually devote myself to go find this song and keep listening to it. I, I feel like Alexa is on the verge of being like, ugh, again? <laughs> All right, Cordua. Well, it's not going to surprise you that this is super re-listenable to me because I think I've listened to this song like five times today. Nice. So, so some of it is is the remaster because I'm finding all these little details that I hadn't paid attention to in it yes. before. So there's a level of that that's been going on while listening to this song. Hearing some of those intricacies, it's made me treasure it a little bit more. So it's gotten to a four for me. I think for me, I think it's a three and a half. I think that it's one of my favorite Pearl Jam songs, but it is one that I sort of forget about. I hate to, I hate to keep judging by this metric. It's sort of like I'm judging by Pearl Jam being an excellent band, but I think there are songs by Pearl Jam that I would I would re-listen to more, but this one is certainly on the list. So I'd give it a three and a half. Okay, now we get to the the actual reason we're here. Take us Take to, it the, to bridge. the bridge. Oh, my nights, what do my- I judged this this song's bridginess quite well. It won't surprise you. <laughs> it is interesting in and of itself. It makes sense though. I feel like it's a it's a big shift from the verses and choruses as they've appeared so far. And there's a huge that, shift. There's a, a little bit of a two song thing going on here. Manic Monday is a big huge shift both instrumentally and meth- melodically and lyrically and everything talking about, you know, Sort of, it's sort of like Manic Monday after hours. It's sort of the you know the little naughty part of it about like, listen, I was legitimately up last night banging. That's one of the reasons why I'm I'm waking up late. But I think then it kind of goes. Time goes so fast when you're having fun. It almost feels like it was something ripped off from like Killer Queen, like just the voices building up to a staircase back up to the chorus. And I think it's oh yeah they they throw they throw a random operatic <laughs> part right into the middle of this bridge. <laughs> so I I think it's a really cool bridge. I'm gonna switch things up a little bit here and give this one a four. <laughs> well, guess what, James? Yeah, you earned a four from me as well. Sweet. You did. Finally. This is the one category I was willing to give it a four. This this is definitely it's an intricate bridge. It does that thing of it's totally unique and separate from the rest of the song. Yep. And yet does manage to flow back in. Yep. 
like you could argue that it's a little clunky, but it's so unexpected and refreshing in the middle of the song. And you're right. That's one of the reasons that this song doesn't feel overly saccharine and sappy yep. is because we hard cut right in the middle yep. and then go back to the main theme. And like no one misses a beat. No one in the song feels thrown off by the sudden shift. It's like they're a marching band and everyone turns right in unison and and just keeps on going. And it's like not even a thing. I really value that quite a lot. The bridge on corduroy. Yes. is kind of an extended rhythm section and then these two lines of everything has chains, absolutely nothing's changed. Take my hand, not my picture, spilled my tincture. I wound up giving this a three and a half. Interesting, okay. The reason I love this bridge so much isn't because of how unexpected it is, but because this song up to this point has been loop, into the same loops, into the same loops. And it feels kind of punk rocky and angry and tense. And it's like this bridge releases all yes. of that. Yes. This bridge, when you see this live, like you're building and you're building this aggression. And here is where you can just let go of it. Yeah. Because it's this wide open sound. Yeah. And it becomes this anthem right before it contracts back in and they jam through the end. I I don't want to go the full four for it because, you know, it doesn't go in any intricate direction, but it's so impactful that to me it earns a three and a half. Okay. I'm going to give it a four because I agree with you. I think I absolutely agree with you. Every single other thing about this song feels like you're underwater and the waves are churning and crashing and you can't make your way to the surface, you know, you can't, you can't, is the surface up? Is it down? The sea is black. It's all this like dark, rainy, whatever. And then in the chorus or in the the bridge, rather, you burst up through the sea and like, you get this big breath of air and it's just like, it's a freedom. And you're just like, (gasps) you know, the pressure is lifted and it's, it's suddenly like the sun comes out before you crash back into the ocean. I feel like both of our, of our bridges are these like tension breakers. And I guess that's sort of a little bit what a bridge should be is like, all right, let's take a second. We were all sort of feeling a little tense. Let's take a break, come over here. We'll have a sandwich. Then we'll get back into it. And I feel like they both do that really well. So I feel like this one gets a four from me as well. Okay. So there we go. With all of that said and all of that done, the winner of today's episode due to my own Lack of any sort of critical thinking is the Bengals <laughs> <laughs> by one and a half points. The Bengals win it. Another close one. It though. was it was very close, and I feel like it's very. This is very interesting because I don't feel like these songs are ever going to show up on like the same mix. You know what I mean? Like these are two songs that like it's very interesting to pit them against each other because they're coming from such different places. Well, they're they're on the same mix now, That's right. damn it. They, they are on the same mix. 
the track meet Spotify playlist, which we can link to onto Twitter. I'm going to make a playlist of each of the songs that we pick. And if I can, if I've got access to it, also the Amazon track meet playlist nice. as well. Nice. Okay, so that's, uh, that's where you get nice. your music. Yes. Let's do it up. We're on trackmeetcast at gmail.com. You can find us at the website, which we'll post in the link notes. We're not going to remember how to say that ever. It's trackmeetcast.home.blog. I'm going to remember it. Oh, look at you. I still had look it open. I, I kept it open, David. I almost went to a Dune webpage and I was like, nope, open tab. Kept it open. Good job. Track- you can also find us on Facebook and then James. We can find you directly. Unabashed, at- James and David. We can find you direct as you as you want to be on Twitter at at Big Mackinpod. Cool. So until next time. Hashtag song fight. Mm-hmm.